This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Now from Hollywood, California. The horror capital of the world. The Boulay Brothers. Creatures of the Night. Greetings, Glamour Ghouls. This is Swan Thula welcoming you to another bone-chilling episode of the Boulay Brothers' Creatures of the Night. Here we are on the other side of the Halloween holiday, and oh, what a devilish and delightful season it has been. But we're not going to talk much about that because we are here to talk about this season of the Boulay Brothers' Dragula Titans, Episodes 1 and Episode 2. And of course, I won't be doing that alone. Joining me, as always, is the daughter of darkness herself, the dreaded Drakmorda. Drakmorda, darling, welcome to the show. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> who died and made you project manager? Now you're the host every time hey, we come Who in. died? Excuse me, I'm going <laughs> to stand over here. <laughs> I'm feeling surprisingly rested, considering we just got through the Halloween season. Oh, I know. No rest for the wicked. No. But speaking of rest, I think actually we do have a little bit of time. We typically don't have a lot of time to do anything. But I'm excited to get back to some personal crafting projects. Yeah, I don't know if everyone has a grasp of how demanding the production of the show can be because, you know, we are executive producers outside of being talent on the show or the hosts. Our hands are sort of on everything. So when we take on a season, it is from the casting to the last episode being submitted to everything. everything. Yeah. So once we're at this point, it's sort of like the show is going to carry us all the way through the holiday season into the new year, which is kind of crazy and exciting. But it's also our time to kind of get back to some things that we love. And I wanted to carve out some time to read some more graphic novels, too, because there has been questions about bringing the book nook back to the podcast. And I think the fall is a perfect time to do that. The fall is a perfect time. The show is in. People need plenty to watch on TV, but they need other ways to entertain themselves. So, so maybe suggesting a good graphic novel might be on the, the docket. I wonder if our fans know how to read. Probably not. No, <laughs> <laughs> no a lot of the fans actually ask us to review more graphic novels and more books. So I think we should do that. Yeah, I think the first one that comes up for me is Harrow County. We've talked about it a few times on the pod. I read maybe like the first four issues. And I know, I think you've read the whole series. I have. And I think we should maybe assign that and then we could have the writer, Cullen, come in and join us on the podcast. Okay, you know what? I'm just going to put this out there right now then. We are going to be bringing the book nook back this season. We'll announce what episodes specifically. Plenty of time for people to go ahead and read. But this time we are going to start with Harrow County, written by Cullen Bunn. It's a Dark Horse comic. And go ahead and read that. The first couple of um, Why don't issues? we do the first four? Let's issues. do the first four. Yeah, because I that, think that's a good collected. amount to talk about. Yeah, I think they're collected in little four issue graphic novels now. So we'll do the first four. It's horror. Obviously, it's a graphic novel. It's like about spirits and hauntings, like really fresh way that these kind of specters manifest. Very exciting stuff. So I'll be excited to talk about it. 
All right, well, I think it's time we take a quick break, and when we return, we'll be joined by our junior co-host, the one and only Ian, for a deep dive into the underworld and our review of the Blade Brothers Dragula Titans, Episode 1. Hello, uglies. It's that special time of year again, so visit BouletBrothersDragula.com for brand new merch from the wicked world of the Boulet Brothers. T-shirts, keychains, stickers, vinyl copies of the Boulet Brothers debut EP, Time to Die, and a brand new shipment of exclusive merch has just become available at BouletBrothersDragula.com. So if you consider yourself a member of the Dragula Coven and truly practice the dark arts, spend all of your nether coins at BouletBrothersDragula.com. Do it now or die. Welcome back, darlings. Now it's time to welcome to the show our co-host with the best fake personality, Ms. Ian DeVogler. Ian, darling, welcome to the show. Oh, it's so good to be back. Every time faker than ever, honey. <laughs> Miss DeVoglier, welcome yes. back. Oh my God, I have had my last name butchered a hundred different ways throughout my life. And my favorite was when I got picked up to go to the dentist when I was in the first grade. And homegirl got on the mic and was like, <clears throat> Can we have Ian DeVolchler come to the office? And I was like, work, mama. <laughs> <laughs> oh, a tough burden to bear for any child. So here we are on the other side of Halloween. Yes. We have the Blade Brothers Dragula Titans. Yes. Episodes one and two are live in the world. Oh my gosh. What a wild ride it has been to get to this point. Ooh. I'm so excited that people have actually finally seen it after all this time. Totally. Oh my God. I'm like giddy thinking about it. It's so crazy. Like all those times when we were like, just get ready, mama, Gagula. And now it is here. The world has seen it. Oh, mama. I thought it would be a good idea for us to review them because who better to recap the show than us? I yeah, mean, hey. we're the ones that know everything. And probably it. give a different perspective too on like, yes, what everybody saw while the show was airing, but also like what it was like on set or what it felt like in the room that day. A lot of Yagula worthy stuff and moments to talk about on the yeah, on I both think so episodes. Too. And if people enjoy it, maybe we'll do the rest of the episodes. We'll see. We'll play Ooh. it by ear. Ooh. <laughs> 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 We're still doing our Sigourney wine, I Summoning see. Summoning the spirit of Sigourney into the room right now. In case there will be plenty of moments for us to ah. <laughs> it was so funny. Like earlier in the month when we went to Knott's, we could not stop saying it. We've been saying it all month long. Like anytime anything in the office happens, or just there's a lull in conversation. Ah, ah. <laughs> that reminds me. I just couldn't dodge the bullet. Drac kept firing it off, and finally I gave in. Like, let's ride the log flume, and I'm like, I don't want to get wet. It's like midnight, one o'clock in the morning. Let's ride the log flume. The log flume. You the mean log the flume. Halloween hoot nanny log? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yes. Okay. Sure. It had a yeah, very cute name. That. I was seduced by the idea that it would be like real cutely decorated, but it was still a log flume. So <laughs> Ian was in the front. I was in the middle. Jack was in the back. At every turn, <laughs> Jack wasn't doing it. Me and Ian were. You'd see the water start getting white rapidly. We'd be like, ah, 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 ah. Then came the big drop. Ah, ah. It's <laughs> oh. a signature Sigourney sound. Yeah. It seemed like born out of I Love Lucy, maybe, but yeah. like morphed into her own her own thing. I like Absolutely. it. Absolutely. I'm into it. I'm All right, into so it should too. we dig into this 
episode. This premiere double this premiere size episode. episode. Oh my god! It was yeah. a lot of Dragula. Ooh! All right, so let's get into it. So let's start at the beginning yes. with our intro. Yes. To yes. open the season. So this is a different style for us. It's something that I feel like our characters have more grown into. You know, this is a spinoff, and as people now know after watching the first two episodes, we changed a lot about the series. It still feels familiar. But it's different, right? We don't want it to be the same. That's the whole point. That's the whole reason it's a spinoff. So we thought the way that we presented ourselves would be a little different this time. And I thought it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I think we took a lot of risks and we needed to because we wanted it to feel fresh. Of course, we were kind of bracing. Ooh, how will people respond to this? But now we've seen that they love it. Yeah, this was us more relaxing into our horror host vibe and sort of hosting our own horror show, which is Dragula. Which is a deadly serve times two. And just... Again, to spill a little of the behind the scenes tea, my favorite part of the intro is as we're preparing to get into the production of the intro, Swan texts me and she's like, what do you think of this wig? And I love these texts. Like, they're my favorite ones to get. And the wig is the wig that you see in the show. And I immediately call her and I'm like, bitch, yes. And she goes, you love a big drag wig. And that's why I love you. And I'm like, it's true. I love a big drag wig. You mama. always have. Yeah. And, and we've had that wig since the beginning of filming. And we just were waiting like, oh, maybe we won't use this wig this season. But then that opportunity came for that scripted intro. And I'm like, we're going for retro. We're going for classic. It was the horror right time. Host. It, was. it was that yeah. weird dungeon set. I'm like, this is perfect. You got to be careful with wigs like that because you mm-hmm. can really go like couch cushion, <laughs> frumpy dumpy, like, you know, a whole different direction. Don't Total, come like... for my drag style. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Psychic assault. <laughs> Total like horror host flop dud, couch oh, cushion, frumpy dumpy. <laughs> I do really love the intro, though. Like, I think it's super fun. And I had just been saying, well, 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 we have an unexpected visitor. Like, I've just been quoting it, like, to no one in particular, just around my house. Like, that's what you said when Seth with the boysenberry (laughs) walked in at Cordelia Knotts' restaurant. Well, 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 we have an unexpected visitor. How exciting. (laughs) I never told you that curiosity killed the boysenberry bussy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my Lord. So we have our intro, and then we go into the exciting moment of the Titans meeting each other for the first time. Now, some of these people have never met before. Mm -hmm. So you have people from, like, season one who are very distant from people from season four. And... They've all watched each other on TV, but some of them haven't met in person. And that was an exciting moment. I feel like you kind of learn right off the bat with Melissa, who was very fiery on her season, and Coco, who was very fiery on their season, coming together. I didn't know what was going to happen. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Are they going to (laughs) fight? There was almost something, and I love to use this phrase, like I feel like they were almost assessing their power levels. Like you could see instantly, like Melissa walks in the room and it's like, oh, I saw you on your season, girl. Oh, well, I know that Melissa had that fierce tongue. And it was kind of like these two characters just like sussing each other out, which I cannot wait for people to see how that all continues to develop. I gotta say too, obviously we didn't get to judge their intro look, but I thought Melissa looked quite gorgeous. I mean, she brought it. Like the reasons and the ways in which we see Melissa and why she fits into the Dragula pantheon, like she brought it out. Deadly and gorgeous. Kind of jumping the gun a little bit because I totally agree with you. And when we were designing how this episode was going to flow, we were like, 
tell the competitors that whatever you wear for your entrance is going to get destroyed. <laughs> no one ever believes us when we say no, things like this. Like they're like, mm, okay. And the way that Melissa looks after the blood bucket is like <laughs> golden. So who? Totally. So we meet the rest of the cast. Right? They all walk in. They're all in the boudoir, which for me, I don't know if you all felt this way, but that was an exciting moment. Yeah. It was four generations of Dragula competitors together for the first time yeah how it was like an extended family gathering yeah really how did cool. you all feel did they react in a way that you expected them to or were you surprised or what do you think i don't think i was surprised at the way they interacted i was more anticipating what would happen when they all let their guards down because you know they meet each other for the first time some of them but they're all in full drag and they know that the competition is starting so i think that everyone they're kind of bristling for impact a little bit like the claws are kind of out no one's being fake necessarily but also no one is like oh here's my real personality well there actually were a couple of personality clashes but i think that everyone is kind of like okay girl like let's get into it yeah a little on guard i mean there was electricity in the air oh, yeah. there, there was like an anxiety hanging I, I felt in that yeah on stage b there when we were filming the boudoir <laughs> it's like ooh, almost like you're in line for a ride for a roller coaster you're bracing for something to happen and a lot actually did yeah and so no giant fights or anything like that so that was good i felt like people were kind of excited to meet each other some of them are fans of each other yeah think. oh we, yeah we did have a little bit of a tiff i think that erica kind of got into it with a couple of cast members like she and astrid had a little bit of static and then victoria kind of chimed in but generally i think everyone was ready to play as nice. usual <laughs> <laughs> you know of course there were some sparks there between even erica and abora too that like kind of like oh, old yeah. relationship kind of grinding against each other again after like years of not talking which yes. is to be expected of a titan season like we talked about what was it two episodes ago the alchemy of this cast and i yeah. think that like you said like there was electricity from the moment that they all got in the boudoir i was like oh i think we did good gals okay but who was the one that everyone was gagged to see the most do you think i think they were most upset to see victoria <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely a good word for i it. think they were most <laughs> gagged to see Hoso. Hoso. i oh, agree yeah. i totally agree because as we've talked about before, Hoso was on tour with us all the way up until basically we started filming. So mm -hmm. I think they were like, there's no way anyone that was on the tour is going to be on this show. But yeah. here we are. And so we then move on to challenge issuing, right? Where we tell them the whole format's different. We tell them there's no exterminations. <sighs> Which we tell I, them, I love that, that moment. Because all of their expectations, all of the things that they've built up in their head just kind of shatter and crumble as they're watching that video. Yeah, part. I remember from someone's audition from some years ago, they were talking about how, oh, my only fear is exterminations. Like, I really want to be on the show, but I can't do the exterminations. And in my head, I'm like, girl, get into it. Like, let's go. But <laughs> the way that they all reacted to no exterminations, I was like, oh, because then it's like, oh. instead, I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. here we fucking go. Well, I think they knew at that moment, they're like, okay, they're going to flip the script. Like, they're not going to do, which we told them. Yeah. I, you know, no one believes you. I think they all <laughs> thought it was just going to be a standard season, but I think they learned quickly that it wasn't. So they immediately had to do their first, what is essentially an extermination within 10 minutes of being there. Yeah, which, which was kind of genius. I mean, this was one of the fundamental format changes where we said, okay, yes, we're all in on this idea to change the format. We're doing this. Mm -hmm. But who knows how it plays out in real time. And once we saw that first cut of episode one, I'm like, this is amazing. Like having them do that deadly, crazy, adrenaline pumping stuff within 10, 15 minutes of 
hearing the Dragula theme song, boom, their faces are in blood with pigs' brains and stuff, or you know, whatever it might be. I'm like, this is it. Like, we've definitely tapped into something great here. Totally. And what I love about the episode one Fright Feet is it instantly triggers what I love to share with Swan on set, which is the total gag of Gagula. Like, watching them just in those blood buckets, Erica pulls the pig head out with her teeth. I was like, that scene, <laughs> that's, that's the scene hear. for me that's like, there's a lot happening. That's a lot. Like, yeah. the other thing, people at home don't get to experience is the 4D of it all, which we do, which is oh, we totally. get to see the sights, we get to smell <gasps> the, the smells, smells. and oh. experience all of it very first. It's very different being on the set freezing with that smell. Do you remember when I picked up the bucket at the end and it fucking yes, exploded all yes, over me? Well, yes, that special what you get for trying to touch stuff lingered in the air <laughs> That's what I get for trying weeks. to help <laughs> it's true yeah i should have known show's bigger now and you have to let them do it oh, i just <laughs> love it <laughs> so that was crazy they come they do the fright feet there's the hole who won the fright feet right oh yeah, yeah. so <laughs> that was golden i remember <laughs> watching it and being like okay I thought Melissa won too initially, but then Astrid jumps up and Astrid's like, I won, I won, I won. And I'm like, wait, what? You know, and it took a little bit. So they go back to the boudoir and I mean, the footage is reviewed and yeah. lo and behold, Melissa did win. Which brings me to one of my favorite Melissa moments of the episode where she's redoling out the the roles and stuff. <laughs> R.I.P. Erica's dance, dance career. career. <laughs> oh my god. I just Melissa's delivery, like I don't think that she knows that she's so funny, but she's like, okay, like we're changing this shit up. Like, okay, okay, stop laughing. It's like, Erica, you'll be watching TV. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Uh, can you dance, girl? Uh, excuse you. I have, I twirled, have twirled and, and twirled. swirled around She's New York twirled City. and swirled. I don't need to hear <laughs> anything else. Oh, my God. That's wild. That's when I was like, okay, Titans has begun. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Well, then just fast forward a few moments later when Kendra's <laughs> coming for Yelpska and she's like, Teletubby, toilet blow. Oh, mama, we got it. Toilet blow. Toilet blow. Oh, and for ice, it's so funny. I remember when episode two of season three of Creatures of the Night got released, someone was like, I cannot wait to hear what toilet bowl is about and now we all know <laughs> toilet ball I'm like don't don't come for Kendra <laughs> don't, you don't come want for Kendra. Kendra you really like, of don't all the people in the room like, no not the don't. one Ian you said something uh, to describe Kendra like an episode or two ago and it kind of stuck with me I literally was driving down the street and I thought about I'm like Kendra yeah that's her she's like a spitfire like with, with a heart of gold. gold like she's such an emotional creature yeah. like you can tell she's just so good natured at her core but don't come for her she, she will destroy you you know the, all the Belabla's Dragula characters and Titans especially have superpowers. And Kendra's is like an equal power level on stage and in the boudoir. That bitch is lightning fast. Don't want it. <laughs> yeah. And she's fun. She's just there to have fun and she'll get Love into her. it with you and move on real fast right after. No, I didn't. I wasn't coming for you. I wasn't making it personal because if I did, I would come for that nasty fucking wig you're wearing right now. <laughs> but I didn't do that. <laughs> All right. So they come back. They get their challenge issue. They do their fright feet. They come back. Melissa signs all the roles and nobody can focus on the task at hand, right? They go into full <laughs> gossip mode. They all want to know the tea. They want to get to know each other. They want to talk about 
They're updating each other, right? Yeah, full family on. reunion barbecue. And that went on for like two <laughs> days. Like I was like, uh, are they going to do stuff or I, like, what's happening? I remember you being like, are they going to rehearse? And I was like, they're supposed to. Like that will be the job. Like, like do it, mama. Y'all, this is your rehearsal time. Like, And I was like, can someone go tell them? And they're like, we did. But I get it. I mean, you know, they wanted to catch up. It's kind of like if we all went to a convention or something, we get to see each other for the first time. Like they just hadn't seen each other. Oh, yeah. It was really fun to see that, too. Like you said earlier, uh, this is like generations of Dragula competitors. Mm-hmm. So Melissa, who like for all intents and purposes, laid down the groundwork for it's what would true. be like a legendary filth challenge. Fast oh forward to God. Hoso, back it up to Yovska, like and across the board for all the seasons. It was such a cool thing to experience, even like being a fly on that wall, seeing them all just kind of like mix in like that. So finally, they do rehearse. They do make their outfits. Mm-hmm. And we're on to the first floor show of the season, which was our Halloween house party, which I oh, thought was so, so cute. I loved it. So fun. So perfect. And I felt like this was one of those examples where the dark blessing of Dragula, the dark star comes over our house and shines bright. Because what better guest judges could we get for a haunted house party than Elvira and Justin Simeon? Incredible. I mean, it was just perfect. Yeah, absolutely. You couldn't think of... As Elvira said, she <laughs> couldn't think, think of a better, better one. episode to judge on either. I mean, that was iconic because it was a Halloween house oh, yeah. party. We have the director of the Haunted Mansion. Mm-hmm. We have the Mistress of the Dark. Oh, it was God. fantastic. Yeah, and they were both great, really delightful. Elvira just kept gushing like, oh, I'm having such a great time on this set. I feel so well taken care of. I feel so at home. It's such a pleasure to be here. And it was likewise. Like, it was just great to have her there. It was great. And it was nice to be able to take care of them in the way Absolutely. that I always wanted us to be able to. And we finally yeah. were able to. That was nice. They were great judges. Floor show. We all loved it. It was so cute. I loved the set. It was perfect mm-hmm. for Halloween. It was a perfect way to kick off the season. It really was. So fun. And some of them obviously shine more than others. And I think, you know, Victoria just took it. The prosthetic, the taking of the pumpkin, which could be done in the wrong way. Actually, Mm -hmm. both Jovska and Victoria took the idea of like pumpkins and pumpkin head and elevated them and made them cool. As Jovska said, the pumpkins ate. The pumpkins (laughs) did eat. (laughs) Pumpkin could be frumpy dumpy if you do it the wrong way. and Very just corny. But neither of them did that. And Victoria really rose so i felt like this was an example of how hard this season is to judge oh my god from episode one absolutely no one did poorly that was the thing no one did poorly everyone did great and it was hard you saw that immediately i thought hoso did fantastic i mean eva was great everyone Mm -hmm. was great yeah Yeah. astrid was fantastic i mean the looks were really fun yeah it, it wasn't easy to say this monster didn't really make the cut or this no. person like really messed up. I mean, maybe for like one or two of them, but they got well, what they deserved. That, <laughs> <laughs> that was the thing, right? I knew yeah. it was going to be difficult. And I was like, I am not putting anybody. I like all these so people. Juicy. I'm not putting yeah. anybody up for elimination on the first episode. I'm not going to do that to someone. You're going to do it. <sighs> what? I want them to see gag. how hard yeah. it is. Because that's not, you know, we just brought everybody back. We don't want to put someone up for elimination or send them home right away. So I'm yeah. like, you all do it. Well, I feel like also that was a way for us to really cue the cast in and cue the viewers at home in that this is a spinoff series. This is our chance to say, hey, like, we're going to take the rule book. We're going to remix it, open our grimoires and just say, like, we are casting a brand new spell. And from moment one to be like, you all are going to decide. I mean, I, oh God, if I could just bottle the moment. Oh wait, I can't, it's on film. Um, and just watch it over and over again. Like the way that the competitors reacted to that on stage. 
I was like, oh, we did it, Divas. Part mm. of the reason I wanted to do that, and we all talked about it, was that I felt like bringing them all back together, it could be sort of a kumbaya, fakey mm-hmm. kind of moment. You know Very what I mean? Because yeah. everyone could be like, well, I have my reputation on the line and I already have my career and I'm not going to turn up. I'm not going to get into it with anybody. You know, and, and sort of like be afraid to really like rise to the occasion. And I thought with this, I'm like, the cards are on the table on episode one. Like, you're not going to do that. You are not getting away with that here. And, oh God, what quickly became my favorite segment of the show, which was the cauldron. Like, once all the competitions were said and done and they all pile into the cauldron where we start mixing some cocktails and mixing some, like, emotions in there, like, how spicy it was. I have to say, though, Do it. I miss Zava and oh, Mary and oh, Betty and James. Oh, 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 my God. Truly. I miss them. And it, those are cauldron <laughs> icons. Turn me up. <laughs> we need, like, a Mount Rushmore carving of the four oh, of them to go God. up That's over amazing. the cauldron from now on. That is amazing. Someone on Twitter was talking about how, like, oh, you know, if, like, Erica, we had considered her to be like the extermination queen or the extermination destroyer and like oh like that would be dragula's final girl quote unquote and i'm like okay that's very cute but what i want is the cauldron star like i yeah. want like- zava's the cauldron witch yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs> yes! zava is the queen of the cauldron totally. yes, oh, oh, that's the queen of the boudoir too though I love Zava. <laughs> Not you, bitch. Hola, <laughs> <laughs> pendejas. Love wow, it. Wow, she's so good. So, okay, they come into the cauldron and they have to write down who they felt was on the bottom. Uh-huh. And now I don't understand this. They tried to guess who they thought we felt were the weakest, and that's who they wrote down. But I'm like, you didn't have to do that. Well, that was an interesting thing, is I think that Astrid sort of ringleadered everyone and said, hey, like, where we are at this point in the competition, uh, day one. I know, um, I like, Astrid, it just started. <laughs> what do you mean where you're at? <laughs> Which I think, you know, honestly, like, they they all decided, or, well, most of them decided that we're going to vote fairly. We're going to vote based on the judges' critiques. And then we see one character who I honestly, and I got to shout her out here. I live for what Hoso did. Oh, I'm me like, too. Mama, like, it's Survivor. It's a game. Absolutely. Like, go in, sis. Like, she's like, I don't want to vote fairly. Like, yeah. I'm glad she did that. But that's the thing. Like, if it had been me or the three of us, I would have been like, let's vote out whoever Who wants. Who is the Like, let's person. vote Victoria. See, I think that's the voice in the room that says, we can't remove people that do well because that changes the nature of the game. We're no longer Change competing it. on the merit of our skill levels. It's more like a survivor type of game. Mm-hmm. That could have been the way that the tribe went, but it just wasn't. And yeah. like there are some people there that did perform well. Hi, Astrid was one of them that was on the top, along mm-hmm. with Victoria and Eva and others that did really well. And like they're like, no, well, let's hey, let's all vote for the bottom. Let's do what the judges wanted. I wonder why Hoso didn't get with Abora and Astrid. The three of them could have voted for someone, and that would have really. Well, I guess it wouldn't have been enough votes, right? Yeah, I don't think it would have been enough votes, as well as that cauldron day one experience was intense. There was a lot happening. I mean, we also saw what happened with Hoso and Abora oh. on the couch. I think she was maybe a little preoccupied with thinking strategy. Yeah. I was gagged at that moment. I think we all were. Well, totally. because it was very clear. It was like, okay, you know, the days before it was like, okay, I know that Abora is interested in me. I'm a fan of Abora's, but we're friends and I'm not going to go there with Abora. But then here we are in the boudoir. Hoso kisses her. It's getting confusing. I don't know. It's crazy. Messy, messy, messy. That was unexpected for sure. Yeah. And I also was a little confused because I'm like, well, you know, 
you're on camera. Like, unless maybe she thought she wasn't? I don't know. I don't know, and I feel like only time shall tell, perhaps in a future episode. Yeah. Then we go to Coco, whose extermination challenge <laughs> is a quill pen. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. So amazing. Like, the titties on the table and, like, yes. just wrestling that quill pen. So she was like, that's disrespectful. I was I text my vote? I live when she started signing with her nail. I was yeah. like, oh, my God, icon behavior. Totally. Oh, oh one last thing. I just... My sleeper hit in terms of like boudoir moments is Erica because she's so funny. Oh, you funny. stan Erica. I yeah. fucking love her. She says shit sometimes where I'm like, that is brutal and hilarious. Like she's like, well, I actually think that, you know, my look is pretty good. And so really it just comes down to Coco Nabora. Yeah. I love, I know. <laughs> I know. Yes. Erica, yes, the third guest judge. Or the, <laughs> yes. She's like, uh, well, basically it's Coco or Abora. She's like, like, what? Like clearly I served, my lip sync was sickening. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so obviously Abora or Coco. I live, it's like, <laughs> oh I mean, honestly, God. and I'm not being funny at all. Like I love someone who has conviction. I'm like, say it with your chest, girl. Love that. <laughs> so speaking of conviction, we then go to the elimination. Yes. Which, oh my God. Oh my God. We have been really holding on to the elimination secret for what? Like almost a year. Yeah. So the first <laughs> secret being who it is. Yeah. So Mama. it's Abora and Erica. And yeah. I'm like, okay, this is wild. So Erica is gagged. <laughs> she is, she is gagged. And so what she mad. said, I'm like, you could feel that through the TV. Ian, like, why don't you tell us what she said? <laughs> <clears throat> Masterpiece Theater, here we go. Of course, it was the consensus to vote me off, but if I go home and one of those bitches ends up winning, my blood will forever stain their crowns, those fucking assholes. <laughs> yes! That was yes! A, I felt that. Oh, I felt statement. it too. So she's she super pissed. It. Abora is defeated and lost. Yeah. And, you know, for us, let's just talk about that for yeah. a minute because Abora, I mean, obviously, we were excited for all these people mm, to come yes. back, but Abora, we were like, very excited for Abora to come yes. back. My guess would be that Abora would make it very far in the competition. And I, I would think guess a lot of people three. felt that. Absolutely. A lot of people felt that, and deservedly so. But the way that the challenge went, it was one of those moments, and we've had them before in previous seasons, where I was looking at you, other producers, and I'm like, are we about to do this? Is I know, what the judges, happen? too, the other judges yeah. were like, what's going on? And it's like, I don't know if people realize that the guest judges that we have influence the decision quite a bit. Oh, yeah. And that adds to the randomness and I think the unpredictability, which I think makes the show exciting. Very exciting. To some of the decisions we make. We really take in what they have to say and it affects because here's why. We're there all the time. So we get to see what they do every week. So we're judging them more on the long-term mm -hmm. journey. Whereas if a guest judge comes in and they don't have any preconceived notions, they will tell you what it's like for that day alone. Yeah. They don't know these people. They don't know anything about them. Raw impact, X factor, right. just like those kind of things. Yeah. So it was a surprise, basically. So here we are, Erica and Abora ascending, ascending the staircase of souls up into the ghostly gallery, the eight empty picture frames looming <sighs> over the stage. And there the rest of the cast is, along with us, glancing upward at that huge height as they stand there waiting for their fate. Which, girl, I mean, you could have cut the tension with a fucking knife. It was silent. Nobody knew what was going to happen because oh. they had no clue what was going to happen. And, and then? And then it happens. Abora. Drop. Return to oblivion. Gag. You, you have you been love. eliminated. I what? thought, I mean, <laughs> the cast, they lost it. 
I lost it. I think everyone. Did. I lost like, it too because it was like this was it. This was an effect. This was the first time we saw this happen. This was the manifestation of something. And I'm just going to spoil this right now. This is something that we have been talking about doing since season one. We yes. wanted this on season one of the Blade Brothers Dragula, yeah. and we finally got it. <laughs> yes, Congratulations! Yes. yes. Uh, so uh, that, that I think it was a shock. True. That yeah. was shocking, and the person that went, I think, was shocking. Right, so we got served up these two choices, and by weird circumstance, Abora out of nowhere comes in last. Yeah, and then we see that ghostly visage appear in the frame, and there she was, trapped, the first one to go on episode one of Titans. Returned <sighs> back to, to the depths. Yeah. All right, well, that was an exciting ride. It was a double-sized episode. We're going to take a quick break, get our thoughts together, and when we return, we're going to be discussing the Blade Brothers Dragula Titans Episode 2. Stay tuned. Welcome back, my dreadful little darlings. It's time to get to Titans Episode 2, The Revenge of the Witch. It was a witch. It was a, <laughs> it witch. Was a witch. It was a not's witch. <laughs> People don't know how long we were saying, it was a witch. <laughs> For That's a Kendra home, quote from yeah, Resurrection. From the Blade Runner's Dragula Resurrection. Why does she say that? I mean, she was literally talking about her witch. I think she's just trying to come up with the inspiration for it and then just... It was a witch. <laughs> Which, she's not wrong. It's not. It was a witch. <laughs> so when we last left our wretched little revenants, Victoria had snatched the win and Abora was banished back to oblivion. And we were down to nine titans at the beginning of episode two. Ooh, Abora. And this know. was after Hoso's interaction on the couch. With Unbelievable. Her. I mean, truly a gag. I think for everyone, for the cast and even for everyone behind the scenes, like I don't think that anyone expected Abora to go home first. And the cast is kind of recovering from the first elimination. And yeah. I have to give it to Erica because I don't know how she repels and just endures through the punishment that sometimes the show puts her through. And this one is a very like social thing. These are the people that voted her to be up there, to be one of the ones to potentially be eliminated. And she has to kind of stand there with her chin up. And she absolutely does. Like, I have oh, to yeah. give it to her 100%. Yeah, she was mad at the end. To quote Eva, you looked steamed <laughs> in red. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She was feeling completely betrayed. And it made sense because the look was cute. Yeah. You know, arguably she didn't deserve to be there. So here she is. Here everybody is. And... And walks Abora. Dun, dun, dun! <laughs> the trick or treat gag to end <laughs> all gags. So if everyone was like dead silent at the Staircase of Souls on the last episode, this one, they were double gagged. Oh my God, which I also love again. Like Abora comes in. Oh, a message from the Blaze. Treat for me, trick for <laughs> you. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, thank you. So we didn't want to send anybody home on episode one, right? That's what people show. say. Yeah. People are always like, oh, you go home on episode one. Mm -hmm. It's so horrible. You're the first out. We didn't want to do that. I'm like, these are Titans. I don't want to do that mm -hmm. to anybody. So we knew that whoever yeah. went through was not going to actually. That was the plan the whole time. We want to see more drag. We want to let these artists feature their work for a little longer. But we wanted to maximize the opportunity to plant little seeds of drama in the cauldron like so we let them be the ones to decide who would go out yeah well that's the thing because we knew they were coming back so i'm like 
Whoever you guys sent down that hole is going to be right back here tomorrow <laughs> to let you know. <laughs> oh, it's so, so Boyer devious. returns. Not mm-hmm. angry, surprise, or no. surprisingly. I, yeah. that, I'd actually kind of expected the person who would be returning from episode one to have more of the Erica reaction, which was, I think, the feelings of, like, fuck you guys. Like, yeah. you all sent me home, which I kind of live for with Abora. Like, she came in, and I think that she sensed she was a literal ghost, a revenant. She's like, I'm back. Like, I'm going to let you all fucking have it. <laughs> and Melissa's jaw hit the ground. There's, like, a talking head. I don't remember what she says. I just remember her eyes being, like, saucers, like, just super bugged out, yeah. like, Abora is back. What the, the fuck? Again, this season is filled with twists and turns. So I hope people like it and they can get into it because this is the second of many. Ooh, <laughs> mama, <laughs> we are feeding the children this season. We sure are. So, okay, Abora comes back and they come and get challenge issue. And the challenge this week is the witch, right? Yes. The classic Bully Brothers Dragula Challenge. A return to the very first challenge of Dragula on episode one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they get their challenge and their fright feat this week. Is burn, burn the, the witch. witch. Yes. <laughs> so Ian, do you want to talk a little bit about Burn the Witch? Because you got to sample all these goodies. I did. And Mama, I got to hand it to all of them. Like they did what I could not have done. <laughs> truly, truly, truly. So Burn the Witch in the boudoir. We served them some of the hottest foods on planet Earth. We had Maruga scorpion chocolates. We had plutonium (laughs) number six hot sauces. I mean, it was crazy. When we were getting this together, I was like, someone gonna die. Hard stuff to get a hold of, too. Okay, Mama, the PD list was wild. And while they were consuming it, I mean, like, snot was flying. (laughs) People were choking. Now, why was it? Because I noticed it looked (laughs) much cleaner on film. Because when you were in the room, it was disgusting. Oh, my God. Well, as people were throwing up and coughing on themselves, it was ghoulish like i thought after the bucket of gore dumped on me in episode one i was like oh well that's it i didn't expect episode two to have the same gross out factor but people were legitimately throwing up left and right i had to leave the room i left the room too all that gagging this was worse (laughs) than the last episode i thought oh by far yeah like even watching the footage back like even though it was much worse in person like watching it is hard for me because especially when it all culminates in our extermination destroyer, Erica, winning the fright feet, <laughs> that trickle of vomit that comes out. Oh. I'm like, oh. it, it is such an epic moment, like as if someone wrote it this way. And some people may not believe that, like, of course, you did that, but we really didn't. Yeah. I mean, it came down to Abora and Erica. Abora being the one that just to return, they're having static between each other. You know, we forgot to mention that we introduced this new idea that <gasps> the winner of the fright feet will be able to cast. Dragula's first curse, the baldness curse, which would take away. <laughs> so genius, Corona. right? Oh my God. And evaporate yes! that person's wig or headpiece. So it was oh. like just coming down to Erica versus Abora, Abora versus Erica. Who's it going to be? Abora even starts to try to use James Majesty mind tricks against <laughs> Erica to try to get her to like Erica's kind of like, falter. I'm immune. I rolled a saving throw. Totally. You can't do that. She's to like me. silence, girl. Just put that weird, crazy <laughs> stuff in your mouth or die. Eat that mushroom. <laughs> oh my and, god. And of course, you know our extermination killer, Erica Clash, comes out on top. And I'll give it to her again. Abora gives me some comedy this season, which I live for. Where. It cuts to her, and there is just tears in her eyes, snot on her face. She is just in pain. She goes, when's it going to be spicy? When are you going to do the spicy? 
Like, Abora does give me, she keeps me fed throughout the season too because Erica turns and reads the scroll. Scalp is Wiggerata. <sighs> and Abora's wig gets evaporated. And then there's this moment where Abora's like, I think maybe Erica helped me with that because my wigs are shit anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so Erica casting the curse was hysterical and yeah. amazing. Oh, it was so good. Her decision maybe questionable. was questionable not, from a game player point of view. Yeah, not the most strategic choice. I think that we were all, I don't know if I would say that we were shocked because I think she sort of telegraphed it, yeah. but it definitely not a decision that I would have made, but I have to hand it to her too. She's like, Abora challenged me. She was fucking with me during the fright fear and she had to get pop. <laughs> Maybe she thought it's better for her to let people know not to mess with her and that that maybe would keep her safer in the long run or something like that rather than use it strategically to affect, you know, someone that is a threat. Oh right? my God, it's like very like jailhouse, high school rule, survival yeah. of the mm-hmm. fittest. Yeah, like, yeah, like it's a, like send we do her a, a prison signal, and she don't, like don't, stabbed the biggest person in the room it. real yeah. quick. Well, and Kendra says it too. She's like, this is one of the reasons why Erica is on this cast. Like Erica is deadly and they're all deadly in their own ways, but like I got to hand it to her. That bitch... She could do a lot. She can. <laughs> she really can. And she proved that. So she's the winner of this week's Fright Feet. She scalps Abora. <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Who's not having a good run of it so far yeah. at this point. But, Ugh. oh, my God, so much fun to watch. Totally. And we're off to the Revenge of the Witch floor show with the curveball of having it be not just a floor show, but you have to make your own specialty shoes and prepare a lip sync oh. performance to a song specifically picked just for this occasion. One thing oh. I want to say before we go to it, you can see the stress getting to them already. Oh, when yeah. Before the floor show, they start cackling like hyenas. Total and jumping around. Oh my, That is one of my favorite <laughs> moments to watch. I'm like, I don't know what's happening here, but I love it. Totally. Like, like the girls are already coming unhinged <laughs> in its episode two. <laughs> oh, my God. So here we are, and it's shoes. Yes. Oh, I was so happy to be able to make that happen. Oh, it's so stupid, and I love it. It's so so perfect. A total dream come true. Exactly. And we told people this season is going to be silly and fun. Harken back to seasons one and two, and I think this floor show absolutely does Yeah, celebrating like all the things that make Dragula amazing. Because when we first start the floor show music, (laughs) it's like, oh, oh, these bitches are scary. This is evil. This is like hardcore, like hellish witch shit. And then it's like... Oh my God. It's so, oh, it's so good. But that's the test, right? It's easy to sort of like walk around on stage and be spooky and yeah. be witchy. But I'm like, no, 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 no. We're going to test your performance ability yeah. and throw you a curveball. And I think this was a massive curveball. It was great. We saw 10 very different witches. What a fun show to perform to. What a fun song to perform to. And let's talk about our judges because our judges are kind of iconic too. We took the opportunity for. Blade Brothers, Dragula, Titans, to bring back our favorite competitors, our favorite challenges, and some of our favorite judges. Mm-hmm. And Bonnie Aaron's returning now for the third time. She's always wow, amazing. Yeah. And Darren Stein, who is our sister witch right from the beginning, who mm-hmm. actually was our very first Dragula guest judge on this challenge, too, the witch challenge. Kind of, I mean, one, iconic. Two, had to bring him back for this. Like, it just, it felt correct. She Absolutely. was serving like a kind of... Spanish vampire yes. witch lesbian look. I don't the know looks. what that was about, but I was yes. into it. Was, <laughs> always surprises me. Totally. Oh my God. She also hits us with, I don't know if the word is pun or just joke or whatever, but it's Victoria is getting her <laughs> yes. critiques and she's like, 
is that a mandible? She's like, yeah. She's like, oh my God, literally jaw dropping. Yeah. I was like, Darren. Darren yes. hit a couple of sweet spots for sure. Definitely. <laughs> so Darren and Bonnie were great as always. It was mm-hmm. fun to have them. The looks, the lip syncs. What did you all think of this floor show? I think there were some really high highs and then there were some fairly low lows. Yeah. yeah. I want to start with the highs Go because- ahead. One person who really surprised me with their knowledge of the song and also with how freaking adorable their look is, is Hoso. Like, love it. The bubble wand, like, when it gets to the like, fuck you, and there's <laughs> yeah. the bubble wand, I was like, this is like an acid trip. Like, what is happening? Yeah. It's so cool. Yeah. No, I agree too, because I thought maybe Hoso's age would play to their disadvantage, but Hoso knew the song better than anybody. Yeah. Every, like like you said, yeah. every pop of the song. This yeah. was just for people at home, because they always wonder, like, who is this and who is that? To me, Hoso was like one hair, like up to winning. Almost. Yeah. But let's talk about it. Like, Eva snatches the win, a yeah. deserved win for this episode. Eva, I think, crushes this challenge. But should we talk about that decision? We can. I mean, look, we don't all think the same. We don't agree on everything. The guest judges have a lot to do with who we pick as well. And even me and you don't always yeah, agree on absolutely. it. Absolutely. We've gone um, back and forth, even sometimes on camera. Yeah. So this was a decision that was very hard to come to mm-hmm. and one that was, I will definitely say, a compromise. Yeah. I would say so too. And I think because Eva's performance was so driven by story and I mean, Hosa was there maybe 99% of the words and the movement and everything popped, but Eva might have been there a hundred. I mean, by anyone's measure, it was so close. It really could have gone either way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, when you think about, again, to use this term, the superpowers of the cast, I would put Hoso and Eva into a category that I also consider Kendra to be a part of and Melissa too, of like deadly on stage. Like, be very scared to step to them. And those performances were incredible. Like Hoso and Eva, I'm like, I would watch both of these shows back to back. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we were and served classic witch and great performance style with Eva. And Hoso was almost like a futuristic new kind of witch, new kind of performance with the bubble wand and all, but nailing it all the way. Yeah. And yeah, they were, I mean, closer than they could know, but they both did very well. I think, in general, who would you say came up short for you? I have to agree with how the episode shapes up. As I think people know, and as I know that Kendra knows, I love Kendra. Like, Kendra's my girl. And I think that she burns the stage down with her performances, but I was disappointed in the look. I I come to expect a certain level from our Titans, and I think that it just wasn't totally there. And then with Yovska too, there was a lot of imagination there. Like, Yovska is like an incredible artist, But kind of on the other side, the performance just wasn't totally there. This was a really nuanced challenge. I mean, when I think about it now from this like 30,000 foot view, there was a lot going on. I mean, you had to have the look and you had to reimagine something that's kind of classic. So that could go wrong. You had to do the lip sync. There's a performance and a song to learn. And then you had to kind of restyle these shoes and you had to kind of be firing off on all of those pistons at once or you'd be weak you wouldn't win this is titans there's a very small margin for error so what i want to say too for people at home who watch the show we are definitely more cutting this season and there's a reason for that i feel like on a regular season of the blade brothers dragula this is these drag artists first time up at bat Mm -hmm. and in a way we're almost shaping them and giving them advice to see who can grow the fastest and rise above the rest of the pack but this is not that kind of season this is a season where you know exactly what you've signed up for and what's expected of you and we're going to be harsh 
Yeah, if you show up and you don't know the words, I take it as an affront. I'm like, did I make the right decision? Did casting make the right decision? Like, not everybody gets to do this, and there are a lot of people that would die to there do it. There are 30 so, other yeah. people that wanted to be here in your place. So if you come here unprepared or you don't put the effort out, it is offensive. Yeah. Because we're giving you an opportunity. Why would you blow that off? But Speaking of offensive, let's talk about Kendra's shoes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. I actually, I'm so sorry. I have to say this. I fucking live for that moment, Swan, where you're like, Kendra, you're electrifying. I love you. This is great. But your shoes are the worst. <laughs> I, I will say I think, <laughs> I think Kendra's outfit read better on film than it oh, did yeah. in person. I totally agree. In yeah, person, yeah. it didn't read as well as it did on film. And that was something that affected our decision, too. Yeah. So we do our judgment. They go into the cauldron. Mm -hmm. And if you thought the first episode's cauldron was spicy... Mama. The second episode's cauldron matched very well with the Burn the Witch challenge because it was spicy. Girl, that exchange, Kendra is asking everyone, you know, who do you think should go home? And mm -hmm. which I legitimately took as, well, who do you think? Like, let's let's have everyone try. And then he goes like, oh, you sound so insecure trying to ask everybody who they think should go home. Enter a new challenger into the arena. Coco is <laughs> like, girl, you sound insecure putting down her insecurities. And then fuck you, bitch. Your outfit's ass, too. She's like. Fuck you, go home. I was like, <laughs> is that how you really feel? Got like, fast. the lid is off the pot and bubbling over right now. Yeah. Here's the thing. I think Yoska is such an incredible drag artist. Yeah. And if their promo look was great. I thought the first challenge, great. But again, this is Titans. You cannot slip up at all. You can't do great on the first two things and then slip up on the next. I like that you use that term, slip up, because I feel like that is kind of something that happens a couple of times a season, but definitely here, where it's like, the margin for error is so small. Yes. You, on a regular season, you know, there may be a couple of competitors who you can look to the side and you can say, okay, if I don't perform at 100 today, maybe someone else will also falter. But at this level, if you don't come 100%, everything is ready to go, you're killing it on stage, get ready. The Staircase of Souls calls your name. And her performance was lacking. That's the truth. Like, look, all of our Titans have different skills and different skill levels. Mm -hmm. You think of like a character sheet. And this one has creativity. This one has craftsmanship. This one has performance ability. And in that instance, on that day, Jovska's presentation was definitely lacking. It just yeah. was. And I think even the camera did her a favor because even in person it was less charismatic even, you know? But yeah. that doesn't mean that I think tomorrow she would do that again or... She's a bad performer. Or no, something no, like that. not at all. We've said that time and time again. Like sometimes it is a luck of the draw or how yeah. the challenges fall or how you felt that day or how you came across. But another piece of the, the cauldron that I felt kind of was like touching and sort of like kind of touched my heart a little bit was Kendra talking about and getting emotional about oh, how yeah. they felt. Maybe they didn't really have a place on the season two cast yeah. and felt kind of like outside of the cast, but how much it meant to be a part of the Titans cast that Kendra really felt like a part of this family, yeah. which really kind of touched me in a way that was like, yes, we're doing a show and yes, we're all artists, but in a way we're chosen family. Like mm -hmm. we've corralled these weirdos and gave them a big platform to dance on and like put a spotlight on them and shine on them and remind everybody that we all have like this kind of like stuff that connects us all. You just pick them up and hug them and pet them and then throw them through a hole at the end. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> wow. Like a loving mother should. Oh. The mother that takes instead of gives. The mother. <laughs> There's only eight bottles of milk today, kids. One of you's got to go.
Well, <laughs> just when the cauldron had its overdose of emotion and fighting and cursing and spice, we look over in the corner oh. and Abora finds the note from the voting on the week before and the word Yelvska is written on it and there is oh. a witch hunt in the cauldron. Oh, Kendra- another witch hunt on the episode with a witch. <laughs> Kendra is gagged. <laughs> You're lying! Kendra oh is my gagged. God. <laughs> Kendra is gagged. God, okay. And then, you know, if you've already seen it, then you know, but, you know, spoiler, we learn who wrote Yovska's name down yeah. and it was Hoso. It was Hoso, mm-hmm. which we knew. We, right. But no one else did. I think Hoso is brave. Hoso got guts. Because I think that a weaker person would have just sat in the corner and not said anything. And they're like, well, did you say? I know it wasn't you. It wasn't you. And Hoso goes, okay, I did it. I voted for Yovska. And I'm like, yo, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, like, and so did Kendra. <laughs> oh, you're lying. Like, I think that people have their own opinions. And, of course, people are entitled to their opinions to an extent. But I really applaud that sort of behavior from Hoso. I'm like, she owned it. She was like. I didn't want a border to go home. Yeah. So it like hi, like we all are voting. Like, what is the problem? I, I she live. was like literally eeny meeny miny mo and, and sorry then, it was poor yeah. Yoska. I don't know what the public's reaction is to Hoso in this episode and her antic, but I'm like Hoso's playing the game in my opinion. And playing it well. And I don't yeah, I don't know. Like, this is why you are here. This is what we want you to do. We yeah. want you to figure out how to get ahead. It's not all by stoning your outfit perfectly. Like there's more to this Live game. Out loud. We told like them life. this is kind of like a competition game show. There's more ways to stick around than just making a fierce witch hat, you know? Oh, it's a sickening hat, no? <laughs> <laughs> It sure is. So then we return to the Staircase of Souls, and we say goodbye to Yovska. (sighs) I was sad to see her go, that's for sure. Yeah, so was I. I thought she was going to make it very far, just like I thought she would in season three. So did I. She has so much to show. I'm sad that it turned out this way, but I will say, if it wasn't her, it was someone else, and we would be sad to see anyone go. That's true. true. Who knows? Maybe we'll find... Another way to feature Yoska I think in the we future. Definitely oh, will. I think we might. Oh, yeah. She's so sassy, too. I love oh, her. Oh, it's so, so unexpected, <laughs> too. Your with that, ass, too, girl. With that cute, bubbly, fluffy veneer mm-hmm. on the inside. That is visceral and raw. I mean, it's kind of funny. I feel like that's almost exactly what her promo look was about. Like on yeah. the outside, this <laughs> cute and cuddly teddy bear, and then it rips away to reveal the skeleton underneath, just gory and like, love Yoska. So good. Yeah. Well, we hope you had as much fun as we did recapping the first couple of episodes of the Boulay Brothers Dragula Titans. We'll be recapping episodes again in the future, and we can promise there is so much more epic drag, filth, horror, and glamour to come. But before we go, we have some time to answer a few listener questions. So, Ian, would you do the honors? Aww. (laughs) (laughs) Dale from New Zealand writes, so I've seen some live performances of the Boulets performing to Metallica and was wondering if you listen to much heavy metal. And if so, what are some of your favorite bands? We sure do. <laughs> we definitely go through periods where we will go insane and blast some heavy metal at the top of our speakers. <laughs> yeah. Just go crazy. I don't know if I can speak on it because it's like, oh, well, what's metal? What's speed metal? Death yeah, metal? And there's a yeah, lot of yeah, like subgenres. Totally. I like a lot of classic 80s metal like you know metallica and guns and roses and, and even older stuff like black sabbath if i'm in a mood i'll listen to like rammstein combi christ i mean it can get really hard yeah we kind of go the gamut and it'll you know depends on what the mood is sometimes it could be really 80s trash 
Sometimes it can be more 90s, like, punk. It's just, you know, we love When the all. mood strikes. When the mood strikes. Vex from Australia asks, Is there somewhere that you have wanted to perform but have yet not been able to? Personally, seeing a Death Valley-inspired performance in our local outback would be epic to see. I would love to go and perform in Asia. That's somewhere mm-hmm. that we have not been yet to perform. Yeah, it's funny you say that. I think right before the pandemic, we had a feeler to our management to book us in Singapore, which yeah. was so exciting oh, because as one place in the world we've not really been yeah. is Asia. And I think Jack and I both would love to just love be immersed it. in like a really just a, a culture that we just can't relate to at all and just kind of feel what that feels like. Side note, we've performed in what basically is Death Valley, like out in Wasteland Weekend several times, and psh, I don't know if I would do it again. Yeah, and I think this in Australia, I mean, we've performed in some weird places in Australia. I don't remember all the names of them, but I will say, and this is a long time ago, this is before the show or anything, we definitely performed in what I think was a barn outside or a bar that was built outside or something. (laughs) That was a weird experience, but I wouldn't trade it for anything. There was pigeons, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Peter from Minnesota asks, I've come to ask, as creatures of the dark and sinister for time incomparable, what are your tips and tricks for fake blood? Should we give them the recipe? Oh, no. No? Maybe maybe I will, but not tonight. That's all the time we have for now, children. We do hope you enjoy Creatures of the Night as much as we do. Please give us a rating wherever you listen to your podcasts, and don't forget to subscribe to the Boulay Brothers YouTube channel for some of our darkest secrets and more exclusive content. Until next time, uglies. The Boulay Brothers Creatures of the Night is hosted by the Boulay Brothers with their co-host and producer, Ian DeVogler. Engineered and mixed by Carlos Bueno with music by Neuron Spectre. Love an extra hundred dollars in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get a hundred dollars back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting one hundred dollars back and one hundred percent accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 